Well, I, uh, we were going to begin a new series this week, um, and I felt the Holy Spirit really leaning in on me to just push a pause on it and to do something different. And, uh, and that's why I'm wearing a suit today. When I wear a suit, you know that I'm going in today because I felt something. That's a joke, but it's kind of true a little bit. My wife said, wear tennis shoes to soften it a little bit, sweetheart. Just soften it. Wear your shoes. So, uh, But today, we're beginning a series that uh, we're calling What in the World? Look at your neighbor and just say it. What in the world? We posted this on social media, and I had a couple of people like, well, good luck with that, my friend. Good luck with that. Because here our goal today and, and next week, especially this week and next week, and we may go longer. If you've been around the hills, you know we may roll for six weeks on it. Or six months, we don't really know. But right now, we're scheduled for a couple of weeks. And over the next two weeks, I really want to help make sense of the mess. Because our world is a mess right now. And I'm going to need more than Gwen A. Manning today, okay? <laughs> our world is a mess. It's a, in a state of upheaval. The news, news headlines are dominated by things like this. Terrorism. I mean, it's like every other day you're hearing about a bomb going off somewhere, an attack, a car, uh, terrorism, racism, the threat of nuclear war, eclipses, earthquakes, wildfires, hurricanes. Now think about that. All those things I just listed, that's happened in 30 days. I remember, and I'm not that old, But I remember when there were traditional news cycles. You got up in the morning and you read the paper, right? And then you waited until news time that night. And if anything happened in between, you had to wait to hear it either that night or the next day. How many remember that? Well, now it's just ongoing. It's eternal. It's just constant, this thing. And I feel like what has happened is is it's created this ADD about news, And it's also created an insatiable appetite for the next story. Like, okay, I know that happened. Then what happened next? And I think it's easy for us to forget what just happened. I mean, when I start talking about Harvey, some of you are like, oh, Harvey. It happened. Remember, it was all that you saw? Matter of fact, today we've chosen not to show a lot of pictures because I think we've seen too many pictures of it. I think we've seen a lot of it. And it just doesn't even mean that much anymore to us. And so I believe that we've become desensitized because it's, well, North Korea is getting ready to do something else again. Oh, they did it, they did it again. And then, and then our president says something. And then another world leader says something. It's it, new headline, new headline, new headline. And we can just get to rolling and not realize that all of this means something. It's not just mess. And so I want to help us today to make some sense of the mess. What in the world? If you're taking notes, write this down. When you want to know what is going on in the world, just turn to the Word. When you want to know what's going on in the world, just turn to the Word. Somebody should tweet that. At John Rags, all right? At the Hills Enville, okay? There we go. And I want to turn to the Word today. Matthew 24 and Luke 21 are going to be our two passages of Scripture that we're hitting today. You know, Jesus' disciples had the exact same question that we all have. They had questions. 
Matter of fact, they, the disciples had more questions than they had answers. They're always questioning and asking. So if you feel ashamed of your questions, don't, all right? The disciples had questions. And Jesus is not afraid of your questions, by the way. Matthew 24, 3 and 8, it's on the screens. I'm reading from the New Living Translation, if you've got the Bible out. Later, Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives, and his disciples came to him privately and said, Tell us, when will all of this happen? What sign? Everybody say sign. sign. Come on, everybody say it real loud. Say sign. sign. That's important. What sign will signal your return and the end of the world? And Jesus told them, Don't let anyone mislead you, for many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah. They will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumor and threats of wars, but don't panic. Everybody said, don't panic. don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world, but all this is only the first of the birth pains with more to come. Next week, I'm going to talk about those birth pains. I want to read it in another gospel. Uh, same story, but a different perspective. One disciple is standing here, the other disciple is standing there. And Luke says, as a matter of fact, I would recommend you reading all of Matthew 24 and all of Luke 21. All right? We don't have time to get into all of it, but I would recommend you doing that as some homework. All of Matthew 24 and all of Luke 21. So here we are, back, same story. Disciples have just asked the question. Man, I love y'all. Some of you are like on the edge of your seat and you're taking notes. Come on. Then he added, nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes and there will be famines and plagues in many lands. And there will be terrifying things and great miraculous signs from heaven. Skip to verse 25. And there will be strange signs in the sun, moon, and stars. And here on earth, the nations will be in turmoil, perplexed by the roaring seas and strange tides. Isn't it amazing that the one who wrote the book, when he said it, it comes to pass? Everything that he said has already happened. First of all, kingdom against kingdom. Everybody say kingdom against kingdom. I'm going to take some of these things out. We won't get all of them, but I want to take a few of them out. Kingdom against kingdom. Now, the word kingdom doesn't necessarily mean a nation. It means a political or ideological group, all right? That's what a kingdom means. So it can be a political kingdom, a, a, a racial kingdom. It can be a religious kingdom. Would you say that in America, kingdoms are against kingdoms right now? You got left and right. You got black and white and Hispanic and Asian. And you got everybody, this thing, it's this, these kingdoms are against kingdoms. You got... Political, completely polar opposites. And then those things begin to mix, racial and political. And then you throw in religious. And how many would say it's like a gumbo, right? And it ain't a good gumbo. It's a bad gumbo. Now again, next you got to be back here next week because we're going to talk more about that because this is where the church rises up and becomes what we're supposed to be. There's tension in our nation. Kingdom against kingdom. So if you're waiting for that prophecy to be fulfilled, done, fulfilled. It says nation against nation. Nuclear war, 
I'm like outright threatening. And I think it's easy for us to forget in the past 30 days, they have launched multiple mission, multiple missiles. Multiple, like going over the north of Japan and landing in the sea. They detonated a hydrogen bomb that imploded a mountain. Oh, quiet, right there. We don't hear a lot about that stuff. Why? Because the news cycle, it's just moving on and it's moving on. But that's what's going on. Russia, tension with the U.S. Remember when all we were hearing about was Russia? Remember that? And I said, oh, Russia, oh, they're still around? Oh, they're around? All right. And don't forget about China. Superpower, world power. And too many conflicts in the Middle East to even talk about. I mean, they're just... And then almost every single one of these countries now possess the most powerful weapons in history. So if you're waiting for that prophecy to be fulfilled, nation against nation, just check that one off. And he says earthquakes in many places. Matter of fact, Matthew 24 and 7, Jesus said there will be earthquakes in many parts of the world. The old translation said in divers' places. That means diverse, a lot, everywhere. Uh, now, I want, I want you to hear me. This message is not to scare you. I, I want you to hear that, okay? I want you to understand. We're making sense of the mess. But I want to show you where we are. As a, as, a, as a pastor, one of my jobs is to shepherd, make sure that we're going to fresh grass and, and fresh water. That's one of our jobs. But also one of my jobs is to be a watchman on a wall. To be able to say, guys, we got to look out. Amen? Amen? All right. So I want you to see this. Everybody say earthquakes, earthquakes. in many parts of the world. There is a website you can go to. It's the U.S. Earthquake Hazards Program. They have a website. And I want you to bring the lights down. I want you to bring up on the screen. Uh, so I typed in 30 days, in 30 days worldwide, the significant earthquakes. Now these would be the earthquakes that you hear about. Okay? The ones that cause devastation. So you, can you see those? God's going to bless us with a bigger screen one day. Amen? Maybe somebody want to write a check about that right now on a bigger screen because my bifocals ain't working. Okay? All right? The next thing I did was I typed in magnitude of 2.5 or higher, 30 days worldwide. Look how many earthquakes happened in 30 days worldwide. Worldwide. 30 day, that's a month. Okay, and then I said, well, I guess we better narrow it down. Let's look at the United States. All magnitudes of one day, one day in the United States of America. This is all magnitudes, one day in America. Okay, and then I said, let's see what it looks like in seven days. And look what popped up. No, not that one. Is there another screen right before that one? Look what popped up. Look. Look. It says the current selection. Now, this is how many earthquakes happened in the U.S. in seven days of all magnitudes. And it says the current selection includes more earthquakes than your device may be able to display. And I click display it anyway, and this is what we saw. That is how many earthquakes happened in seven days in the United States of America. So if you're waiting for earthquakes in many parts of the world, you can check that one off as well. 
Quakes are mentioned five times in the book of Revelation. And the final earthquake, the Bible says it corresponds with the seventh bowl of God's wrath being poured out. And Revelation 16 says, There's a great earthquake, such a mighty and great earthquake as had not occurred since men were on the earth. And now the great city was divided into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell. A great earthquake. The next thing Jesus said was there was going to be signs in the stars. Everybody say signs in the stars. Anybody remember that like something happened like, I don't know, what was it, a little over a month ago? It was a total solar eclipse. Y'all remember that? Remember when that's what we were talking about? Again, look how our brain works, how our mind works. We've already moved on. We forget how monumental that was. This phenomenon, it covered the entire, went across the span of the U.S. This phenomenon has not happened since 1918, which by, by, by chance, or maybe not by chance, was the same year that World War I came to an end. It's significant. It's happening. So if you're waiting for total solar eclipse, you can check that one off. And then he says there's going to be roaring seas and strange tides. And this is what we've been seeing. Two major hurricanes hit the United States of America. Harvey and Irma. First time it's ever been categories like this. The just catastrophic that it hits. Causing monumental flooding. And then Jose is expecting to strengthen again. And maybe hit the eastern side. And then you got, how do you say it? Katia? Katia? Help me. Y'all just say on the count of three. One, two, three. Over getting ready to hit Mexico. Four or five different hurricanes. So if you're waiting on strange tides and roaring seas, you don't need to wait anymore. What in the world? What in the world? For some of you, there's fear in your heart right now. For some of you, there's fear, there's apprehension. I don't know, oh God, what are we going to do? What, what about my kids? What about my legacy? What about my, oh, do I need to start buying gold? and need putting money in just all cash and the mattress? What do I do? I don't know. What do I start doing? I don't know. And it's almost too much to conceive, right? I mean, every, and I didn't even include the famines and the plagues, which to us, we don't think that's going on. You travel a little bit and you'll see the famine, famines and the plagues that are happening all over the world. So to see what is going on in the world, we need to turn to the... I'm going to say it again. I got this part right here. Didn't hear you all. <laughs> to see what is going on in the world, we need to turn to the... Word. Let's go back to Luke 21 and 25. And there will be strange signs in the sun, moon, and stars. And here on earth, the nations will be in turmoil. Everybody say turmoil. turmoil. Perplexed. Doesn't that feel like us right now? Yeah. We're in turmoil. We're perplexed. And then verse 26, people will be terrified by what they see coming upon the earth. For the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Verse 27, then everyone will see the Son of Man coming on a cloud with power and great glory. So, how many ready to make some sense of this mess? Just one? You right there? I'm glad you are. You're ready. Anybody else ready to make some sense of this mess? What does the word say? We already said it. Everything that he said was going to happen has already happened. So when all of these things began to happen, stand and look up for your salvation is near. 
Don't cower in a corner. Stand up. Don't put your head down. Look up. Because your salvation is near. Your redemption is near. It's coming. So how do we make sense of this mess? You see it as a sign. Write that down. Matter of fact, I'll show you. I have it. It's in big red. Look all the way across the page. See it as a sign. What is this a sign of? Number one, it's a sign that God's word is true. It's a sign that God's word is true. Jesus said it. The writers of the scripture said it. Moved on by the Holy Spirit. They wrote it. And if you've questioned, is this true? You're seeing it happen verbatim. So when these things begin to happen, that's where you go, man, this thing is true. So if he said that was going to happen, then if he said this was going to happen, then this must happen as well. If I can't live that way, it's in here. So I'm not going to live that way. Or I get to live that way, and it's in here. So I get to live that abundant life. So it's a sign that his word is true. Come on, how many of you love the word of God? Felt like I'd have got more amens on that one then. You're still thinking about hurricanes and, and turning. Look, we're moving on from that. The goal is not the hurricanes. The goal is to see what the hurricanes are telling us. And it's telling us, one, God's word is true. As a culture, now that we're so, everything is text now, everything. It's just text, it's copyright, it's just all this stuff and it's just coming in. And I think we forget that this right here ain't fake news. This is real. I'll move on because we should already have that one. See it as a sign that God's word is true. Secondly, see it as a sign that it's time to get ready. Because that's what a sign is all about, you know, right? You still stop sign, what do you get ready to do? <laughs> you stop. It's a sign. It's there for a reason. Matter of fact, uh, Jesus said this in Mark 13 and 28. Look at this on the screen. Now learn a lesson from the fig tree. When its branches bud and its leaves begin to sprout, you know that summer is near. In the same way, when you see all these things taking place, you can know that his return is very near right at the door. So what's beginning to happen? In the next few weeks, the leaves will begin to turn beautiful shades and they'll start falling. And what does that tell you? Fall is here. Winter is a coming. You see the signs. Same thing with the earthquake. Same thing with a, with a hurricane. Same thing with a wildfire. When you see these things begin to happen and nations rising against nation, that's where you go, oh, dead is getting ready to take us home. I love 1 Thessalonians 5. It's going to comfort you. Look at this. But you aren't in the dark about these things, dear brothers and sisters. And you won't be surprised when the day of the Lord comes like a thief. Because prior to that, he says, the day of the Lord is going to come like a thief in the night. You don't, people don't know it's going to happen. But he says, but that's not you. Because you see the signs. You know what's going on. For you are all children of the light and of the day. You don't belong to darkness in the night. So be on your guard. Not asleep like the others. Stay alert and be clear-headed. Night is the time when people sleep and drinkers get drunk. 
But let us who live in the light be clear-headed, protected by the armor of faith and love, and wearing as our helmet the confidence of our salvation. Man, come on. Some of you need to be confident in your salvation today. You're fearful of everything that's going on. Why? Be confident in the salvation. Look at this, verse 9. For God chose to save us through our Lord Jesus Christ, not to pour out His anger on us. Christ died for us so that whether we are dead or alive when He returns, we can live with Him forever. So encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. So when you begin to feel this, and I'm talking about earthquakes, and the last time I talked about this a few weeks ago, I talked about the eclipse and just made a little thing. I had a line of people in the lobby like, oh God, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know what we're going to do. What we're going to do. That's not the response we should have. The response we should have is, we're getting ready to go, baby. Let's go. That should be the response that we have. To the unbeliever, this looks one way. Nations are in turmoil, perplexed, and terrified. But to the believer, it looks the right way. Our salvation is near. What we've been waiting on is about to happen. We don't get excited about heaven anymore. We just don't. We don't sing about it. Remember when you sang songs about heaven? Remember? I'll fly away, oh glory. Those were songs were written by people that hated life here. (laughs) You know why? Because there wasn't a minute clinic to pop into. And they were in the depression. And life was rough. But for us, it's like, I'll just get an antibiotic. Just take care of that. I'll just Google it. We'll figure that out. And so heaven is just this thing. It's just, oh yeah, that's great. I want us as a church, because we talk about living abundantly right here, right now. That's what God's called us to help people do. But I don't ever want us to be so focused on living so abundantly right here that we understand that that's simply to lead us to true abundance and eternal life forever and ever, okay? And I... And I, I really pray that it doesn't take turmoil and, and tragedy and tribulation for us to fall in love with Jesus in heaven again. I hope that a message like this will spur us on and encourage you. He's about to come get you, baby. So it's a sign that his word is true. Let me go back. What did I say? It's a sign for us to get ready. <laughs> and it's a sign that Jesus is about to come for us. Now, if that doesn't bring you joy, if that word right there, it's a sign that Jesus is about to come take us home. If that doesn't bring you joy, then you need a revelation of heaven. You need a revelation of how incredible heaven is. Or maybe you just need to fall in love with Jesus. Even more than whatever it is that would make you want to stay here. I had a young man out in the lobby. I've mentioned this. He's a young man. He's like, man, I want to go to heaven, but like not right now. Like I want to live my life. You know, I want to, I want to, I want to do this. I want to do, I want to have a family. I want to, I want to all this stuff. And so what happens is, and what is it for you? Is it, man, I want to see my grandkids grow up. I, I want to, what is it that you love more than being with Jesus forever and ever? It's a heart check. So when we say, 
There's about to be a trumpet. And he's going to come home and take us to live with him forever. That should be it. No more preaching. Just celebration. Let's go. And every time there is a flood, we send money, we go help, but we're celebrating that the day is closer that he's coming home. Or that he's coming to take us home. So what is our response to these signs? Three things. Look up. Look up. He's getting ready to return. Don't look down. Look up. Secondly, look in. Are you ready for him to come back? Do you have no doubts in your mind that if today was the day that you would go live with him forever? That's what these signs are about. To look in. Is my heart right? Have I given Jesus my heart? Or have I given him all of my heart? Am I really all in? Am I plugged into his body? Am I connected with other believers? Am I living an abundant life? And then if you're not ready, you're at the best place to get ready. Right here, right now, today, with a prayer. We can baptize you today. Come on, right here. There's no better place than right here, right now to get ready. Look at your neighbor and say, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Come on. Get ready. What are you putting off? What are you waiting on? Well, when there's this. Well, it's already happened. Get ready. But don't do it out of, out of desperation. Do it out of preparation. I'll say it this way. Prepare instead of despair. I love what Billy Graham said. I love Billy Graham, man. Billy Graham said this. People tend to react to the idea of the end of the world in one of three ways. Pessimism, activism, or hope. I belong to a group that has a theology of hope. Because my hope is not centered in this world or in what man is going to do or not going to do. My hope is centered in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ who the Bible says is going to come back someday and straighten this whole mess out. Amen, Billy. Amen. So look up. Faith, hope. He's coming home. He's coming to take me home. Look in. Am I ready? Have I given him everything? Are there hidden sins? Are there things that I haven't turned over and confessed? And thirdly, look around. Are there people in your life that are not ready for him to come back? Are there people that you can help minister to? Share your testimony. Start a Bible study in your apartments. Start a gathering. Buy someone's coffee. Take someone to lunch. Give someone a ride. Help a hurricane victim. What are, are there people around you right now that you can help? So how do I make sense of the mess? See it as a sign. It's a sign that his word is true. It's a sign that he's about to come back. Come on. And then look up, look in, and look around. Close your eyes. No one looking around, even though I just said look around. It was an awkward way to end that. I'll fix that at the 11 a.m. service. (laughs) 
Just no one looking around. Just right where you are. I want to give you an opportunity to examine your heart. As I preach today, as you've watched the news, does it bring fear? If so, then God wants to give you a revelation of His love for you. He didn't save you to pour His wrath out upon you, He said, Thessalonians. Does it bring stress or worry? Examine your heart, because if it does, then you need to be reminded of God's faithfulness and God's strength. Does it bring conviction? Not condemnation, two different things. Condemnation is of the devil. Conviction comes by the Holy Spirit. So maybe there's conviction in your heart right now that you know there's some parts of you that you haven't given over to Him. Now look, I don't want you right now, I don't want, if you're a believer, you've been a believer for a long time, I don't want you to tune me out because you may have bitterness and unforgiveness in your heart and yet you're a professing Christian and you're, you're faithful to the house of God and giving and serving. But is there something you haven't given over to God? Is there, a, is there an addiction? Is there a vice? Is there a sin? This is the time to examine your heart. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Remember, all of these signs are for us. They're not for the world. They're for the believers. They're for us. All of this is happening for us. So we can see it. Okay. It's almost here. Let's dive in more than we've ever dove in before. Let's get more passionate about Him than we've ever been before. Let's love God. Let's love worship. Let's love His Word. Let's love His body. Let's love His house. Come on, let's get involved. Get plugged in. If today the Lord is moving on your heart for you to give Him everything that you have, maybe you've never prayed this prayer before. Or maybe you prayed it, but it's been a while. And there's parts of your heart that you haven't given Him. If that's you today, just right where you are, we're not going to ask you to come up front. Just as a sign of submission, surrender, and faith. I want you just to raise your hand. That's me. I need a fresh start with Jesus. Come on, I see you, my man. Come on, anybody else? I see you over there. Back in the back, I see you. He sees you right here up front. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. All right, put your hand down. Maybe the Lord's moving on you to be baptized today. Maybe you've never been baptized. Man, what a better day than right here, right now. We got warm water, we got clothes, we got it all taken care of. Stay until our 11 a.m. service. You may need to hear this message again anyway. If you really need to be baptized today, though, right now, we'll do it this service, too. All right? If you want to be baptized, we're going to give you a moment 
can roll back to our information bar and we got people that will meet with you right there and they'll direct you. Thank you, Lord. Maybe you have been baptized, but it was as a child or it's been a long time. You want to recommit. I encourage you today, be baptized. Thank you, Lord. All right, everyone in the room, lift up your heads. Open up your eyes. Come on, raise your right hand up. Everyone in the room. Just repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you that you love me so much that you would send signs to remind me to get ready. So I'm doing it right now. Forgive me of my sins. Cover me with your blood. Remind me of your love. Make me bold. Make me passionate. I want to love you more than I've ever loved you before. Fill my lungs with your breath, with your Holy Spirit. And I'll be careful to give you the glory and the honor. Thank you for covering me with your blood and filling me with your spirit so that I may live an overcoming, abundant, and everlasting life with you in heaven. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.